Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Offensively, we got to play complimentary football. So when we get those takeaways, we got to turn them into points. Uh, we got to find a way to stay on the field. Uh, and then special teams has to do its part as well. So it's all connected. Uh, this week is a very, very big week for the football team. Uh, we are determined to get better. And we're going to use this week to get better. So uh, get better is getting healthy, going for the fresh, uh, recharging, and then also as coaches uh, for us to pull this thing apart and, and find out ways that we can improve. Here's your host, my dad, Delonious Seven. You're listening to part two of the 2021 Dog Summit on Dogs by Nature Radio. I'm your host, Delonious Seven. Today, we're joined in the Straight No Chaser studios by a trio of guests to help give some perspective on what's left of this 2021 campaign. Up first, we have Rod Bloom of the Browns Blitz podcast. He can be found at B on Twitter. We also have Josh of the Danger Zone podcast, who can be found at Danger Zone Josh. That danger has a 648G. We're also joined by Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin. She can be found at K-A-T-E-L-I-N-No. CLE on Twitter. Session one, we talked about the team's expectations as well as Baker Mayfield. In this discussion, we talk about a supporting cast and Joe Woods. We have a lot to get to, so without any further ado, let's get into part two of the 2021 Dog Summit at the Bye. We kick off day two's discussions with this topic. Coming into the 2021 campaign, this team seems set at the skill positions. Do you think we have enough talent? How do you think our skill guys compared with our divisional counterparts? Let's kick off our discussion with friend of the show, Rod Bloom from the Browns Blitz podcast. Coming into 2021, I don't believe anybody thought that the offense was going to be an issue on this team. I think we thought we were pretty well set uh, as far as the Browns offense goes, just based on what happened in 2020 and, and the results and the points scored and, and uh, that we would see the maturation of, you know, some guys that uh, were, were on the younger side, uh, you know, and that they would, that they would uh, improve and, you know, and, and add, uh, you know, add additional, you know, skill to, to the offense. So, um, you know, I thought we were set. I thought we were set, but, uh, I think the question, you know, do we have enough talent? Um, I mean, you, you can never really have enough. If you ask Andrew Barry if they're set at any spot, he's he's never going to say, yeah, yeah, we're good there. They're always going to be looking to, to upgrade. I believe that um, the Browns were in good shape. Uh, I, mean, I know we're talking skill positions, but uh, good shape on the offensive line. Um, best running back uh best running back uh, room in the division uh, probably in the NFL uh, no doubt um, tight end room is is solid uh, with you know with three solid tight ends um, 
you know, it, we'll talk about the quarterback, I guess. Um, but uh, the only position you might say was was uh, possibly overrated going into the season would be the wide receiver room. And that's kind of hard to evaluate because we had, um, you know, the issues with OBJ. He really didn't... Um, really didn't contribute much this this season so you got Jarvis and Jarvis is not overrated Jarvis is a great player uh, he I mean just look what he did in Baltimore he had a great game and that's what he's capable of the question is are guys like uh, you know DPJ and Schwartz did we count on those guys to do too much but you also have to remember that this is an offense built on the tight ends and the and the running game primarily. So how much talent do the Browns need or how much were they really relying on this wide receiver group going into the season? I think they were relying more on the backs and the tight ends anyways. So, you know, as far as the division goes, um, you know, I mean, uh, the, the Bengals obviously have a lot more talent at wide receiver. Um, you know, there's, uh, I guess if you're just talking number one tight end, you know, the, the, the Ravens probably have the best uh, overall tight end. Um, Bengals have gotten production out of their number one tight end. But if you're talking rooms, um, you know, I don't think the Browns are too far behind at tight end. Um, quarterback's another, another story. So, um, and that's something that needs to be figured out. Rod, it's fair to question the production, but in all fairness, his cast of characters hasn't done him any favors. I'd like to see this team get some size and physicality at wideout. Anything you can do to make it easier on your guy. So let's hear from Josh from the Danger Zone podcast. Get his take on the skill positions. You know, the skill positional group on the Browns um, has recently been a hot topic for sure. You know, we were the best team on paper. We've all heard that phrase before. And all of a sudden, you know, with the OBJ drama, that fallout, and then him ultimately ultimately getting cut and uh, leaving, all of a sudden, you know, now we don't have any skill players. We, we don't have anyone who can, you know, stretch the defense. We don't, you know, uh, and this is pretty much speaking directly toward the wide receiver group because if you look at the running back group, I mean, not one person can look at me straight in the face with a straight face and say that we don't have exceptional talent at the running back uh, position. But the wide wide receiver position, yeah, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that we're kind of behind the eight ball in terms of, of if you look around the division, uh, you know, especially Cincinnati, um, with Jamar Chase and, and uh, Higgins over there, the other Higgins, uh, I think we're behind. We're behind a little bit. But this is another area, kind of like Baker Mayfield, you know, where you don't need elite talent. You, you need competent talent. You need guys who have some ability, who have some skill. Um, and, and right now, you know, we're just not getting that out of these guys. Jarvis, God bless Jarvis. Uh, he's my dude. I definitely credit him to some degree with the turnaround uh, in Berea. You know, but he's having trouble this year. You know, he's having trouble with injury. He's having trouble uh, with consistency. Um, Jarvis of last year is a perfect receiver. He's a perfect receiver for this offense. Jarvis of this year, not so much. Um, 
you know, so you got some young guys that are developing in DPJ. Uh, they, they seem to like, um, you know, these, I don't want to say lower tier, but these second echelon, third echelon receivers. Uh, and, and that's a good way to build a team, in my opinion. If you can find guys who can contribute that aren't going to break the bank and carry with them high cap numbers, you're going to set yourself up, you're set your team up uh, for better success down the road. So, you know. Do we need to figure it out at the skill positional group, especially wide receivers? Yeah, we do. We need to figure it out. Um, but I, I have confidence that this front office is on the right path, and I, I definitely uh, back their mindset and methodology in doing so. Well, I'm a little concerned with the front office's approach, particularly in the draft. I think they're drafting attributes over playmakers. Willing to give Barry and his group the benefit of the doubt, but also interested to hear from Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin. Uh, you know, talking about the skill positions, um, man, we really don't have the talent, and that's what's kind of frustrating, right? We have no speed at wide receiver outside of Anthony Schwartz, but he's been banged up, um, and he's still a rookie, and he's a very, um, you know, raw wide receiver prospect to begin with, you know, coming out of Auburn. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones, like the reality is, he was a six round pick. Again, Jarvis Landry, he was he's a sure-handed pass catcher, but he does he's not somebody who's going to, you know, create a, a ton of space. Like I said, David Njoku is probably probably your your best talent, but in reality, he's probably ideally the number 3 target in your offense. Um so then that leaves, you know, your running back room, basically. I mean, like I said, Austin Hooper, all he does is if if he catches the ball, he falls down. And it's the most frustrating thing ever. Um, he's so klutzy and clumsy playing. It's it's hilarious, but also, like, ridiculous at the same time. But then, that you know, you go to your, your running back room, and, you know, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, like, they're great Cream Hunt was banged up. Nick Chubb, you know, had COVID and stuff. And he was banged up for a couple games. You know, Demetric, uh, Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton, like, you know, you have talent, but it's like, you can't just run the ball 47 times a game. And especially like a game against the Ravens, where they're just stopping the run because you have no push up front. And they're just, you know, they got eight, nine guys in the box because they don't, they're daring Baker Mayfield to to beat them even though it's already tough for him to you know beat them because he's he's banged up but also like it's the lack of respect of the the playmakers that they have on the outside well then it's like like how do you create an offense around that it's it's tough and the re- the harsh reality of this year was that the wide receiver room that we were um, very excited about. Um, it's just not good. Caitlin, the team is certainly going to have the work cut out for them this offseason. They need more talent on the offensive side, but what about this defense? After watching the first part of year two of Joe Wood's defense, are you now ready to evaluate his development? What are the chances of him remaining in Cleveland long term? Okay, for this next topic, we'll start again with Josh Thornton of the Danger Zone podcast. Joe Woods is another uh, another hot button topic with this team right now. 
You know, we spoke uh, on our podcast, me and Rich, recently about the the Jekyll and Hyde nature of this team, both offensively and defensively. Uh, And defensively, it's been pretty prevalent. I mean, uh, you know, sometimes they come out and (laughs) Joe Woods looks like a genius. And other times, you know, we're throwing bricks at our TV wondering why we're playing a 10-yard soft zone on third and nine. So um, I think Joe Woods is, is still on the chopping block. I, I think the jury's definitely still out, um, you know, on Joe. And he, he can salvage. He can salvage his job here in Cleveland with the remainder of the season. Uh, they played well against Baltimore, so that was definitely a good start. Anytime you get four interceptions like that and, and hold a, you know, a high-powered team uh, to low point total, you know, you did a good job. He has a ton of talent on his side of the football, and maybe maybe there is a little bit of growing pains. Maybe there does take some getting used to uh, with that, but I, I can't dispel the question marks that come with his scheme at times, um, especially when you got a couple, you know, your, your defensive backs seem to play better in man coverage. And, you know, we just get burnt uh, on teams sitting down in this soft zone. And, you know, it's, it's going to raise questions. It's going to raise questions. So what I want to see from Joe Woods uh, moving forward here, especially this season, is I want to see some aggressive play calling. Uh, do you need to up your blitz percentage to 50%? No, I'm not saying that. But, you know, I talk about situational football a lot. When you should be blitzing the quarterback, excuse me, the quarterback, blitz the quarterback. Um, you know, it's proven to be successful. You can rely on these skill guys at the cornerback position uh, to play good, sticky man coverage. And, you know, you've got some youth at the linebacker position to help you out. In blitzing as well with JOK. Um, so I'd like to see a little bit of creativity, maybe some shifting away from his, you know, set in stone scheme, you know, and, and break away from a little bit. Show that you can adjust, show that you can, you know, be like water and, and move with the ebbs and flows of week to week football in the National Football League. So uh, he's got a little bit of ground to make up, but I still think he can salvage his career here in Cleveland. Joe Woods could use a lesson from Bruce Lee, but in all fairness, this defense has done its part in the biggest wins we've had this year. And this offense hasn't been the best at protecting the defense and closing out games in the fourth quarter. Now I'm really curious to hear how Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin evaluates Joe Woods and his progress thus far. You know, to talk about frustrating, Joe Woods, man, it's... It's so frustrating because the Browns are ranked one of the best defenses in the league, right? You go out and you force four turnovers against Lamar Jackson. But the week before, or two weeks before, you go up to New England and you just get completely just picked apart. And you have a game where you go to L.A., your offense, even with the banked up Baker Mayfield, you, th- your offense goes out there and they have what like 500 total yards they score 40 plus points and you know they don't turn the ball over they win the time of possession by like 13 minutes like a whole quarter they can't get off the field on third and fourth down and those are the money downs so for any goodwill 
I try, you know, people try and, and I try to give Joe Woods. the re Again, the reality is he's not good when it matters most. The press conference after the New England game where people were talking, or like, you know, critiquing him. And he goes, well, you know, coming out of halftime, we, we got to we gotta stop on third down. We forced a three and out. Meanwhile, in the first half, New England went six of six on third down. They had another third down converted on on uh, had another third down conversion because of a defensive penalty, and it's just like this team on defense is way too goddamn talented to have silly mistakes like that. And to to and it's not and it's not like hey it's third and three and you give up three. I mean these are third and longs and the, it's happened all year. That's the issue. You have the Pittsburgh game where your offense is obviously struggling. Obviously. You're but you're up you're up ten to three. Pittsburgh does not have a kicker, okay? So the only way they're scoring is if they score a touchdown. And the defense gives up back to back seventy-five plus yard drives to a to an awful Pittsburgh Steeler offense. Just let him go up and down the field. The only way they were going to score if they, is if they scored a touchdown. And then go for two. And Joe Woods just let it happen. And it's so annoying. It's frustrating. You know, week two, they let uh, Tyrod Taylor go out and and just do whatever he wanted that first half until he got banged up and he got banged up because he's you know he scrambled for a touchdown and pulled a hammy you know it's like what it makes no sense but then you have a game where like i said against the ravens last week where you forced lamar jackson into four interceptions you have a game like minnesota where they just completely locked down a very good offense in Minnesota. You have a dominant game against the Bears and a rookie quarterback. But then again, the Chargers, just awful. Arizona, completely awful to a team that had no head coach and a guy calling plays for the first time. Caitlin, we've definitely seen what the team can do, but the lack of consistency is so frustrating with this group. So to wrap up this discussion, we'll turn to Rod Bloom of the Browns Blitz podcast. You know, Joe Woods has been a popular guy to kind of, uh, you know, crack on week in and week out uh, if the Browns have had a bad game. But man, you, you really look at what he's done in some of these games, and, you know, obviously it's the players playing too. <laughs> you know, it's a big part of it. But look at what they did in that Ravens game, uh, you know, and, and some other games. The defense has done their part this season in most of the games. So, you know, they've had their letdowns, but – I think that, and I've said some of this on my podcast, but I think that people need to realize that that um, this is football in 2021. You are not going to give up 10 points or less in, in every game with most defenses, okay? You, it, it, the rules are set to where teams are going to score in most games. So you're going to have games where you give up 30 you're going to have game, you know, maybe a game or two a season where you give up 40 because stuff happens. The Brownsford have had several games where they've given up less than 20, and that in today's NFL is really getting it done. So I think people need to let up on Joe Woods. And 
it's kind of crazy because I don't think we've really had many defensive coordinators in town for over the past 20 years that anybody's liked. Every, it, the defensive coordinators kind of... You know, just just like a magnet for people to kind of say, hey, you know, if we if somebody's head has to roll, let's let's get the defensive coordinator out of here. I think this guy's done a, a pretty good job, and now that he's got pieces, I think he's he's doing a nice job of putting some things together. I th- I think we just need to let him grow in this position with the pieces he's got, and and just. You know, there, there's something to continuity with a team. If you keep bringing in a new guy who's going to have players playing, you know, different schemes and doing different things all the time, there's always a learning curve. This is not what good organizations do. So if you have a guy in there who's doing a pretty good job, I don't know why you have to be in a hurry to get rid of him, Okay. It would be different if the Browns were giving up 30 points every single game. That's not happening. This defense has done a very nice job. They've they've kept a lot of games to the point where they were winnable for the offense, and the offense just hasn't come through and won those games. So, you know, Joe Woods hasn't been around for two years yet. Maybe it's not time to completely evaluate him, but it's certainly not time to kick him out of town. Nice work, Rod. So with that dose of temperance, we'll put this episode in the books. You've been listening to the 2021 Dog Summit at the Buy on Dogs by Nature Radio. We're joined today by Rod Bloom of the Browns Blitz, Caitlin from Crunch Time with Caitlin, as well as Josh of the Danger Zone Podcast, and I am your host, Thelonious7, on Dogs by Nature Radio. And as always, till next time, take care and go Browns. I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. 
In the VergeCast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.